Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. It's the second episode this week, which means if you didn't catch the one that actually went live on Thursday, you should go and do that right now. And if you actually want to see my face as I do it, you can do that at youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. But if you are new to the podcast, I want to thank you very much for coming along with me for this glorious ride and let you know, look, on Fridays or actually Saturday when this one goes live, just because I'm 24 hours delayed this week, we get a patron on. We get someone from the wrestling community. We invite them onto Cyrus Pro Wrestling Podcast. I love having having random conversations with people that love wrestling. We don't get to do it enough in our real lives, or at least I don't feel like I do. So I thought I'd create a situation where that's possible. And again, if you want to get involved or just support the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. Anything you can give really helps. And I'm very happy today to say my man Zach is coming back on the podcast. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm and I am doing fantastic, sir. How are you doing? I'm all right, dude. You know, I'm good. It's it's Friday. It's I mean, the weather here is atrocious, but that's all right. I don't mind. I'm just I'm coming down from the the craziness of Survivor Series. I understand WWE's kind of fallen back into a lull at the moment, simply because the week before, as I'm sure you could attest to as well, a lot went on. I mean, I didn't even talk about the Enzo Amore stuff in midweek, I realized, after oh I was gosh. done. But that's because yeah. so much stuff was happening. The Becky Lynch uh, concussion, then Daniel Bryan was yep. winning titles, and Charlotte was being entered into matches, and then Enzo mm-hmm. Amore was at pay-per-views making, <laughs> making an embarrassment of himself. <laughs> I actually, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but... Let, let me let me paraphrase this by saying that everything that happened with him and from all the stuff that we hear, he, he doesn't sound like a very nice man. But I, I, if, I, I mean, anyone that knows me knows I'm quite into mental health and, and stuff like that. I think Enze Amore may just be struggling a little bit. That would be apparently, allegedly, just my opinion. And so my heart did go out to him a little bit because I'm like, dude, this is this is a bad idea. <laughs> this is like a really bad idea. <laughs> and I think he honestly thought that he would create he either thought he was going to create a moment for himself or that he was going to try and get back in the good graces of of wwe and whichever one he thought it was going to be (laughs) going on and trying to sneak onto their pay-per-view just kind of makes you look bad but also now there's like no chance they're going to bring you back that that wasn't the way to do it that's what i couldn't believe like all it takes is a let's say i said to you before this oh zach i'm gonna you know, I'm going to run on and do this. You would say, Simon, this is a. Re- if your goal is to get back with that company, this is the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> yeah, but- it's the one thing you could do that is going to guarantee they don't bring you back. Like if they, if they had shown him at any point, I would have thought, oh, this seems like an angle. But they literally cut away from it the same way they would if a drunk fan was fighting another drunk fan. <laughs> They're not going to bring you back now. It's so true. It was almost yeah. like a reaction of, oh, shit. He's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Did, did you notice him? I didn't notice him at all. That's not how I watch wrestling. Like, I, I wasn't, because I know some people spied him from quite far away. It wasn't until, well, it wasn't until really, uh, you know, I went online afterwards. I was like, oh, shit, that was, you know, that was, uh, that was Enzo being Enzo. I did not I didn't notice uh him I I will from time to time notice when everybody in the crowd is looking in a different direction than straight on you know that something's happening it's usually a fan getting ejected something like that a beach ball whatever 
Um, so I noticed that everybody was looking in a little bit of a different direction. So I thought somebody was just drunk. And then I didn't actually notice it until I think I saw on Facebook, it showed the picture of him as he was moving up to the front. And I didn't hear about it until a, a few days after that it had even happened because they completely covered it up and didn't mention it at all. I, I don't blame them either. Like it was, um, yeah. it was an awkward thing. My thing with anything like that, even with random fans, is that and I say this with as much respect as I can. Nobody is there to see you. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody is there to see Enzo Amore. Nobody is there no. to see the the drunken fan that wants to run the ring. They paid their money to go and watch the wrestlers. So I think anything that takes away from that. I'm always a bit like, nah, I don't necessarily think we should, we needed to do this, or maybe the person involved could have thought a bit better about it. Yeah, and for a lot of it, like when we were talking about WrestleMania the last time, when we were talking about the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match, I thought about it more, and I thought more that you know I don't think the fans ruined it. I think the fans told you how they were going to react ahead of time, and you're just being stubborn, and frankly, you deserve it. But I feel like when somebody <laughs> is trying to get themselves over by doing this random thing the best case scenario is that they're just going to ignore you if this were if this were the 80s they would have like beat the shit out of you and you would have been arrested so like, this is the best possible scenario for you but it's just a matter yeah nobody's there to see you like when the people were playing with the beach ball and cesaro ran into the crowd and broke it like it makes for cool moments sometimes but i don't I feel like it's weird to go to a show and just be con contrary or be loud just for the sake of it to get on TV. It's it's a weird concept to me. No, I agree. I, 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 it didn't work either, uh, in case you're interested. Because um, <laughs> uh, apparently Enzo also had uh, some kind of concert or Q&A or something 24 hours later after Raw. I assume he did this to get you know drive up attention and apparently nobody went and that i you know that's i i don't take any pleasure or any you know that sucks like you know i don't want anybody to to flounder or anything like that but hey we didn't talk about it and it popped into my mind literally as soon as i finished in the <laughs> podcast well i should probably talk about it a little bit um yeah, yeah, the other, unavoidable yeah well i mean we'll see what happens to him now i mean never say never yeah. right but i know a lot of sure. people thought it was a work i don't think it was a work no really if it did. was a work if it was a work you would have either seen him walking up to the front row or you, they would have shown a part of it. And just I'll mention, it's not a work if they completely didn't show it and haven't mentioned it once. Like if it was a work, they would show you part of it to get people interested. They're actively trying to not do that. That's that's not what a work is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just awkward. Anything that's awkward yeah. is, is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, anyway, uh, the other thing we didn't really talk about as well that I thought we'd start here before we just, you know, go here, there, and everywhere is sure. I didn't talk much about NXT TakeOver, War Games 2. Now, in many ways, you could argue that's the best pay-per-view of the year in terms of WWE. Sure, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm just sort of racking my brain now to try and think of anything else, and I can't. I mean, look, I will admit, in hindsight, after hearing some other opinions, like, you know what, maybe the War Games match did go a little too long. I can understand why people had that opinion. But I do know when I was watching it, I didn't feel like it was going too long. I absolutely loved it. I thought, you know, there was some crazy spot. I mean, if nothing else, when Ricochet does something like a double moonsault, and this is the real reason oh I wanted gosh. to talk about it, because I'm like, yeah. somebody did a double moonsault and you didn't mention it, that is not fair. <laughs> no, but, it's not. But when somebody does do a double moonsault, you've got at least 10, not 10, I'd say three to five minutes where you don't have to do anything. And I'm all right with it because I'm still trying to process what the hell I just saw. Absolutely. And if somebody does something that I've I don't I've never seen before, it makes sense to me that there would be three or four minutes where nothing happens because I just did this move that 
I can't top Ricochet. Could probably top. He he'll do something. I'm pretty sure he can fly legitimately. But <laughs> I feel like if after you do something like that, you need to have that lull so that people have time to let soak in what they just saw. If he had done a double moonsault and then jump right back up and then done like a shooting star press again, that would have just taken away from it. I'm absolutely fine with it, and I'm the same way as you. I didn't feel like it went too long when I was watching it because there was the stuff in the ring and there was the stuff with Pete Dunne in the cage that kept it interesting throughout the match that I didn't even notice that it was long until I watched it a second time. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And I think all that matters really is when you watch it a first time because the, the fact that you went back to watch it twice goes to show that you enjoyed it. So it doesn't. Exactly. you kind of got a, a free pass then to do, to do whatever the hell you want. Uh, what did you think about the show overall? Though? I really should have discussed this last week. Oh, this week, I should say. Because I know I loved it and I imagine that's the general consensus but you never know. Like, I even thought, I mean, I don't say even, that sounds disparaging, but Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane, which now a lot of people said was the weakest match of the show. I was like, man, if that's weak, you know, give, kidding, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, give me that every week, right? That's fantastic. Absolutely. I, uh, I loved the show overall. I am always kind of a, uh, just about every time I can think of, save for WrestleMania, just because of the size of it. I always, almost always end up coming out of it thinking that the NXT TakeOver show was better than either the um, SummerSlam or Survivor Series or whatever. And in this case, I feel the same way. I just feel like if you have a situation where, you know, you have an Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano match that was fantastic, and you had the Velveteen Dream and Ciampa match, and you had the Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane match, which was only, you know, could be quote-unquote dampened because... Charlotte and Ronda on Survivor Series was so good that there wasn't a weak point of the show. But yeah, I agree with you. If that's the if that's the weak point of the show, you got a hell of a show on your hands. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it kind of does raise the question about. I mean, I, I get it all the time, and I like it. I like the, I like having the conversation. Like a lot of people, they watch these NXT shows, then they watch Survivor Series, and I don't think. You know, I think if you look at it, I think you have to take Survivor Series and NXT like for like. In the sense, we only had four matches. I mean, five matches, but I don't count the Matt Riddle match. They had four matches on Survivor Series. And I do think, I'm not saying they're comparable in terms of quality, but in terms of entertainment, I thought there were three matches on Survivor Series that were fine. Fine's the wrong word, but they worked. Like Seth Rollins versus Nakamura, I liked. Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte, I liked. And the main event, I, I thought, was awesome. Uh, and right. I, again, I would say maybe from a wrestling quality level, they weren't as good as what we saw in NXT, or at least from that sort of high, super agile style that we're used to. But from my entertainment standpoint, they were just, you know, I, I liked them. So it's hard for me to say, oh, well, WWE should book like they are doing in NXT. I don't necessarily think that would work. And also, like... It's like when people say, oh, New Japan is so much better than WWE. Good. If you think that, you definitely doubly think that because WWE are booking in their own way. If they start copying New Japan, that's just going to sully everything. So that's why when people, my point being, that's why when people say to me, oh, Vince McMahon should start booking like Triple H is doing NXT. I'm like, no, because I've got NXT. I don't care about numbers and figures and finances. I mean, I'm interested in it, but it means nothing to me. I'd much rather we had these two slightly different uh, approaches because it means I get to enjoy things on a different level. And NXT is not special if WWE does NXT because if WWE does NXT, you have NXT with more money. And if you're going to do, you can't do a, a Ciampa Velveteen dream match every week on Raw. Like Seth Rollins is the closest we have to somebody who kind of does an NXT, like he would fit in NXT really well right now, just with the way he works. 
And it doesn't come across quite right because they don't set up an environment where that's the whole point. They're more storyline driven and they want the match to supplement the story. Whereas I feel like in NXT, they use the story to supplement the match that they're going to have. Totally. I, I don't think it's I don't think NXT is special if you have two people trying to do NXT. I don't think New Japan is special if WWE tries to be New Japan or vice versa. It has to be different and if something that's why people flock to NXT and the fans always seem more passionate in the crowd because it's a better product in the ring consistently, but with the over-the-top stories and over-the-top production, you still have WWE. If you're trying to serve everyone and you're trying to drive your share prices up and you're trying to satisfy a large audience, you need all of these different things. You need Raw to be a little bit different than SmackDown, which is different than 205 Live, which is different than the Mixed Match Challenge, which is different than the, the, the Women's Tournament, which is different than NXT. I want everything to be different because then everyone can seek out what they want to see and then you have all these things. So I don't want any of them to go away, but I want them all to be kind of their own separate ecosystems that are doing different things. Totally. I, I, mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And I know a lot of people, yeah, they argue that. And I'm like, no, no, I, you've got it. And I get it. Every, you kind of think that will help the talent that they have. But I, I don't think it would. I, I much rather have this. Uh, yeah, a choice to me is really important. And I think right now, yeah. WWE... For, for better or worse, is doing that to a certain degree. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not too bad. And you mentioned Seth Rollins as well. So just to jump around before we do settle down sure. into another conversation I thought we'd have. Obviously, the rumor that has come out over the last few days, everybody was making predictions. Who is Brock Lesnar's opponent going to be? What's the main event of WrestleMania 35 if we don't go with the women? Or at least what is it from the men's side of you? Apparently, sure. we're going all in with Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. Thank goodness. <laughs> That's the man, best reaction. Man, when... And obviously, you know, the 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 situation with Roman Reigns came out of nowhere. I went on a cruise for a week with my uh, now fiance. Um, oh, congratulations, man. Thank you very much, sir. Um, and when I got off of the cruise or actually I was watching the TV on the cruise and ESPN on their bottom ticker, uh, they had like NFL, NBA, MLB, and then I saw WWE, and I was like, first off, that's hilarious that that's on ESPN because <laughs> they decide who wins beforehand. That's crazy. But then I saw that Roman Reigns is relinquishing the title, and I didn't get to see his speech until I got on the bus leaving the cruise, and I pulled it up on my phone. And it's obviously a huge, a huge drag, and obviously it's the worst for him and his family, and, and obviously best thoughts to him and his family is first and foremost. But it was such a shitty situation that they were in, and fans didn't want Roman to be the top guy, but no fan, no matter how much they hate him, wanted him to be taken out of that spot that way, yeah. obviously. The only thing that you can do in a situation like this, and you and I generally think similarly on this, is to try and look for a silver lining in this. And that silver lining is that without Roman being the guy that they are steadfast in keeping as their only top guy, you have room for a Drew McIntyre to slowly come along, and you have room for a Seth Rollins to come to the top. And when Seth Rollins was the champion and he was he was going to have to defend against Brock Lesnar, even though their match ended with The Undertaker interfering. It was fantastic, and I feel like Seth can build it up even better, and I think the match is going to be better because you're going to have a similar match to how you did with AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan where you have a David versus Goliath situation, and when and if Seth wins, the, the fans are, are going to come out of their seats because that's the guy we've all been saying 
you have a guy right now that's getting these reactions and he's the intercontinental champion, like use him. So that's, if they do end up doing that and it goes the way that, you know, we think we do, they, WWE won't have to do any stupid story changes to make it seem like, you know, Brock's a bad guy. So you should want this guy. You don't like to beat him. You could just go with a great story and a great match and a guy who's going to be able to consistently do that. I'm absolutely on board for that. What I mean, there is a caveat to this, as as there usually yeah. is when it comes to pro wrestling. Well, WWE, I should say. Again, this is all rumor and speculation. I just I, I just point this out for some people that that ask. I just like to have the conversation, right? I like to introduce yeah. news, or I should say, rumors that is floating around, and then discuss it. Because yeah. if it doesn't happen, okay, it doesn't happen. But if it did, you know, we've kind of touched on it. Obviously, the other mumblings are that the Roman Reigns thing that has been done done with Dean Ambrose is not going away. And if we do transition into oh. this feud between <laughs> Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns will be at the, the front of it. Now, I say this every time it comes up. I understand everybody's point of view, but my point of view is simply that if I don't know, I don't I have all the information. If it turned out that Roman Reigns has approved all of this, I don't have it in me to walk up to a man suffering that much and say, oh, you shouldn't have done it. It's not my call. And, you know, if I was ever in that situation and touch wood that I never will be and someone was telling me that I'd made the wrong decision, I'd be like, well... It's my, let me do whatever I want with it. However, I do, again, I don't want to sound like I don't get it. I do get it because when I do see these things, it makes me uncomfortable as a fan. It's not necessarily something I want to see. So we're kind of getting this weird situation. Yeah, we are getting Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. You know, Seth Rollins, as you said, organic babyface, people like him, people behind him. Going against Brock, which is a match that we've wanted to see, especially because it kind of ties in to when Seth Rollins stole the title from him at WrestleMania 31. You can play off of that. But then you may have this Roman Reigns thing stuck in the middle. So, yeah, you do honestly, man, whichever way you go, you let me know. I think it's, I think it's an interesting thing to discuss. I, it definitely is. And, you know, with, with Roman being still a part of the storyline, he still is a part of the storyline with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. And I'm, I've always been a guy who there's, obvi- there's, there's obvious caveats, but for the most part, I don't think anything should necessarily be off limits when it comes to wrestling. But I think the problem comes in the way that you do something. So the Sergeant Slaughter turn that they did was kind of it was distasteful because of the way that they did it, not necessarily because of what they did. And if Roman's going to be a part of this story as either a motivating factor like he is right now or in person, I would almost be fine with that because if he's a part of the story just in his name, I didn't like what you know Dean Ambrose said i understand why you're doing it but even you could hear the crowd just kind of oh dude come on when he said it yeah it wasn't it wasn't heel heat it was come on man and so i feel like you can still use roman in this story but you don't have to just resort to basically saying you know he deserved it i think that's a part of the reason that people got so mad is that like you took the lowest common denominator which it's wrestling it's some to some of that is to be expected but you took the lowest tack that you could and you just made everybody uncomfortable. But if you do it in a more complex way and he's using Roman to kind of get to Seth and throw him off his game, I'm fine with that. Or if Roman's going to actually be a part of the storyline, I think the next time we see Roman Reigns, he's going to get cheered vociferously. It's going to be insane when he comes back. So I almost think that that would work. The problem was not Roman. The problem was that everyone 
was not going to accept Roman and the WWE should have done this a long time ago, but they were just too stubborn. So I feel like whichever way you go with it, I feel like the important part of that is that Seth Rollins is going to be a part of it. Whereas before he was not even in that stratosphere with Roman and Brock. And if you now put Seth Rollins with Brock and hopefully, you know, Seth Rollins, assuming this is all ends up being the case and Vince doesn't wake up tomorrow saying, you know, Seth isn't (laughs) over enough. then then you can absolutely make this story work. And I feel like just having Seth Rollins in it is going to make it feel so much different and so much better that I feel like the storyline can still come off well because I feel like Seth Rollins is almost always in a good story because he is the reason for a lot of that. So I feel like Seth is going to be able to carry you no matter what. Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right, man. You're right, like... No matter how we got there, and I, I, you know, I think we'd all rather not have got here this way, of course. We're not insane yeah. people. But everyone, I think, understands that Seth Rollins has earned this position. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's put in the time, yeah. he's put in the... And also, it's been quite a ride for him. Obviously, he should have stayed face when he came back from his knee injury. He didn't, and that yes. kind of pushes off a bit. But now, it's not overbearing. People just like Seth Rollins. And fair play to Vince McMahon. Like, when they added in that whole, burn it down, I was like, that is so weird. People, <laughs> people shout that so loudly. Yeah. I'm like, you know what, Vince? Fair play to you, my friend. Like, yeah. That is a real thing that I would never have thought to do, but kind of goes to show. There's like a little bit of old Vince McMahon magic where you're like, yeah, man, I can't. I can't fault that. Like you, you, you did yeah. it. It was the right thing to do. Yeah, and it, it definitely it ended up being the right thing to do. And I think when he made the decision to put "Burn It Down" in, I think it was much more that he just didn't like that there was a gap in the music. Absolutely. Not that he thought anybody would respond to it, but it ended up being fantastic for him. And they still shout it so loud, like you said. That yeah, every once in a while you're like, "Damn, Vince is still pretty good at this." Yeah, no, you're right, and and that and that's why I kind of want to. Yeah, I want I want to see where I want to see that match, and if, yes. I, I, you know if there is some sort of other stuff going around with that, I'll take that as it comes. But ultimately, right. if, if we're getting if the main event for WrestleMania 35 is going to be some kind of combination of Charlotte Ronda and Becky Lynch going, yes. and then the other one is Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. I beautiful. also th- I, it is beautiful because I don't think we're going to get the the Brock Lesnar match that many of us fear. I don't think no. Brock would do that with Seth. I mean, it depends on his UFC stuff. I get it, but I don't think that he would. Could be wrong. Absolutely could be wrong. But I also, I, 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 I don't think it's a match that people would dread because it's a position they want to see. You know, they want to see Rollins in. And I think, I think that's it. It's almost no matter what you think of Brock Lesnar by that stage, the fact that Rollins is in it overcomes that. And that's what's going to get people so excited. And that's why I don't think people are going to mind as much. No, they're definitely not. And I'll, with Brock... Brock Lesnar definitely has the Brock Lesnar match where it's very formulaic and it can, depending on who his opponent is, it can be good or bad. With Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania, he wasn't feeling Dean, so that match wasn't good. The caveat here is that the last two years of Survivor Series with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, you could tell just from the match that Brock either respects them or likes them or likes the way they work or something. Because he put in different stuff for the match and made them look really good in both of those years. So I feel like when Brock actually likes you or respects you or whatever it is, he is much more willing to have a good match. And he's not going to have to do that much. Most of it is going to be on Seth Rollins to do that. And Seth Rollins has proven in every match that he's had that he's more than capable of doing that. And with the story, you have it built in that – 
Brock was coming back for his championship that Seth Rollins stole, and then The Undertaker interfered, and Brock kind of went off with The Undertaker. So the Seth Rollins-Brock Lesnar thing has never really been resolved, and now you have two sins from Seth's past. You have Dean Ambrose from when he broke up the shield, and you have Brock Lesnar from when he stole the title that this new Seth Rollins is having to deal with. I feel like there's a lot to work with, and that's going to be a really cool story going in. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think... Uh... If it all, I, I, the only worry is what happens to Dean Ambrose and why that he gets completely overlooked. Because at one point I thought maybe we do Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins at Mania, but clearly yeah. they, they've kind of pulled the trigger on that <clears> early because you know we just got told halfway through Survivor Series. Oh, by the way, these, <laughs> these two are going to be fighting. So I hope he doesn't. You know, I don't want to have turned him heel for the sake of turning him heel. Like I, I would hope. I mean, more for me, but I would hope there would be a, a you know a better plan than that because I think. Yeah, I know. I know we don't like some of the stuff that he's being booked to say, but I think there's money in Dean Ambrose as a heel turn. We just have to, you know, make sure that he's, well, yeah, you know, given the time and the storylines that he needs to to make sure he stays that way. So I'm a little worried about that because I don't see where he fits in on WrestleMania. Um, I, well, unless of course, I mean, look, if it is Seth Rollins versus um, uh, Brock Lesnar, maybe you get AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose. I don't know. That's just a random, you know, a random idea that because I, I I thought for ages it was going to be AJ versus Brock. But it's interesting. Like there is certainly a a fluctuating tide in WWE at the moment, which of course comes down to as you just said, you know, who becomes the man. Everyone keeps saying that Drew McIntyre could be the next star. Maybe it's Seth Rollins. I mean, do you have yeah. a preference? Is there anybody you want to see? I mean, Drew McIntyre certainly seems to be the guy being put into that position. You have to imagine that Seth Rollins beats Brock Lesnar, and then probably falls into a feud with Drew McIntyre after that to build him in 2019. I mean, but, but there's other options. There just is. It may not be ones that are viable within WWE, but there are certainly options. And you and you just said it, the, the Seth Rollins winning the title and then going into a program with Drew McIntyre. If you're going to have me pick two people from Raw just right now who I would want to see, if it had been before he won Money in the Bank, I would have said Braun Strowman, but I feel like they dropped the ball on that completely, and I frankly don't care as much as I did. Yeah, build it back up. It's not a problem, but you know it is what it is. This has been something that we've been talking about since we were in the middle of the Roman Brock stuff. And we even mentioned it, I think, on the WrestleMania thing where it's like you have Seth Rollins sitting right here who's getting a louder reaction than anybody on the show. If you want somebody to be the man, get the guy who already calls himself the man and proves his, he's the man. And since Becky Lynch can't do it, let's have Seth Rollins do it and he can be your guy. And they've been bringing Drew McIntyre along slowly and turning him into kind of a monster. They're not doing the same thing they did with Braun. He's not destroying everything, but he's very clearly somebody who will not be stopped, and they're doing really cool things with him. So I feel like Drew is going to be the next guy after Seth at some point, but if those are those are the two that I, I want to see. I want to see Seth Rollins as the champion. Again, I feel like it's insane to me that they haven't he hasn't been champion you know, since. And I want to see Drew McIntyre keep, you know, climbing the ranks. And I'm, I would almost rather it be Seth and Dean first and you keep building Drew up because I feel like the first time you have Drew in that title match, you want him to win that title because we've seen it with Samoa Joe. We've seen it with Shinsuke Nakamura. We've seen it with, well, Daniel Bryan before he won. We've seen it with Roman Reigns. If you keep having title matches and you don't win them, people stop taking you seriously so it would be seth it would be dean 
who can't be in a match with Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. So I feel like they're in a good spot where they have all these options available and you have the best guy for this job ready to take the title. It seems like it lines up perfectly. I have a weird question for you because obviously you, you, you live in a different country to me, as you probably are aware. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) But the thing is to me is it's easy for me to take Drew McIntyre as the guy because he's Scottish. Uh, You know, I followed his career from even before he got to WWE round one. And obviously Mm -hmm. I have an affiliation because Scotland is, you know, within the same Island that I am from Mm -hmm. now. The, um, the stereotype has always been that Vince McMahon would never take a non-North American guy and make him the man because that's where the predominant audience is. I think mm-hmm. the world is... I, think, I mean, I think we could have done it back then. I think we could do doubly more so now because the world has changed, right? I don't think yes. people necessarily see things like that. But it's much more interesting to get it from the horse's mouth, as they say. Do you... I and mean, would you find it weird if... Uh, I will go with non-American for lack of a better term. But would you find it weird if a non-American was considered the Roman Reigns, the John Cena, the Hulk Hogan, the Stone Cold, the Rock? I mean, that's never really happened before. You're right, actually. It hasn't. I was trying to think of somebody, and I was I was having trouble coming up with somebody. It wouldn't be weird at all. And I think when people when people say you know that that Vince would not have a non you know American be that guy, I feel like. That's more like he wouldn't have Shinsuke Nakamura be the guy or Andrade Cien almost be the guy. I feel like if Vince hears you talk and he has trouble understanding you, I feel like that's just it for him. Uh, if you have any kind of um, – if English is not your first language, I feel like he has a problem with that. But with Drew McIntyre, he speaks very clearly. He just has the – you know, um, accent. And if, if they weren't comfortable with Drew McIntyre eventually being the guy, he wouldn't have been one of Vince's handpicked guys the first time he was in the company. And he wouldn't be on this run now where he eliminates Samoa Joe in two seconds at Survivor Series. And he's been kicking the crap out of Braun Strowman. Like, I feel like he wouldn't be in that position. So I could see a scenario where Vince would like want just another John Cena and just a, an American guy, quote unquote, being his number one guy. But I feel like Drew ticks all the boxes for him. And I almost feel like that's more important. I feel like he, he is able to speak very clearly. And I feel like that's the biggest hurdle. But no, I don't think it would be weird at all if Drew was the guy. I think you just have a big badass as your champion. And I think that's what you want. Yeah, no, dude, I'm with you, man. I really don't think, you know, in this crazy world where social media makes everything smaller and you've got all these companies all over the world. Like I say, New Japan, why is it? I understand why it is because of its history and tradition, but New Japan's not a Japanese company anymore. Loads of people over here watch it. I understand that's yeah. their biggest audience and it gives it a certain uh, a certain appeal. But yeah, there's nothing it's nothing crazy, you know, about having a, like I say, Kenny Omega smashing it over there. I just found it interesting when I was thinking, I mean, I basically sat down and I thought, okay, well, who is actually in the running to become, you know, the next guy in terms of age? Because a lot of people said AJ Styles, but AJ Styles is 40, 41. He could absolutely fill that role, but, you know, within two years, you've already got to start going, okay, well, that's kind of run its course, especially because the rumor is AJ Styles is currently renegotiating his contract and he wants a more Randy Orton-like schedule, which is basically left days. And I I totally understand why. You know, he's he's not a a young chap. And with that said, you know, segueing off that, that's why you wouldn't push Randy Orton back into that position. Same with John Cena. These are the guys that have been there, done that. And now it is time... To, to, to look elsewhere. And I know Braun Strowman has been a shout as well, but I agree with you. For one reason or another, be that the booking, being that, yeah, the whole Roman Reigns equation that we've talked about a thousand times, whatever they had with Braun Strowman, 
I'm not 100% sure they have anymore. I like him, and he's very easy to sell to a non-wrestling fan. Like, I was talking to someone the other day, and they saw Braun. They were like, well, I'm, you know, he'll kick my ass. So it certainly yeah. does work in that degree. But, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think, yeah, whatever was there, I don't, I don't think it's there anymore. They did it in two steps. It was him failing to win after he cashed in Money to Bank. First, not doing it as a surprise and doing the thing where I'm challenging you a day beforehand is already a stupid baby face move, <laughs> the kind of thing that like you clearly don't understand the point of having this briefcase. And having him lose, I don't know why you had him lose, but he would have been so much better off if he was still – if he either were still the money in the bank holder or he hadn't won the match because he did not need it. I feel like as soon as he won it, it started like he really didn't need that. As soon as he lost, it was like, okay, so he's just another scrub, I guess. And then you turned him heel in this weird storyline and all of a sudden the guy who's been flipping over trucks and bringing down stages on Kane and Brock Lesnar now needs two dudes as his backup. And now they're slowly trying to bring him back to where he was. And you can absolutely do it. You just have, to, you have him come across as a badass and as a monster, for lack of better terminology. And you can absolutely build him back up. But they've dropped the ball with him enough times. He had the chance against Brock Lesnar. He had the chance of money in the bank. It's the same thing with Shinsuke and with Samoa Joe. If I see you lose multiple times, I now have you as a person who loses in my head, and that's something that you now have to overcome. So if they want him to, to be that guy, you have to build him back up. And the next time he gets a title match, after he's built back up, he has to win because if not, he's going to go right back to where he was before, which is a guy who really doesn't factor in. I'm the same way as you. I like him, but I'm not – coming out of my chair every time i see him now it, he's just a guy i also think they've run this get these hands things into the ground very quickly i mean i don't even know what it means i was thinking this the other day what does it mean it doesn't mean anything unless i've missed something or there's a phrase that's gone over my head but they are they are taking that and making it awkward when he says it which i don't think helps him at all but you are right the real kind of uh, punchline to it or stomping him into the floor was when that crown jewel match did not go anywhere near how it was meant to. You know, it was supposed to come across like, you know, he was unstoppable, but he got screwed over. But it didn't. It came across like no. Brock Lesnar had his number and, and, and he whipped his ass. And I find that surprising, given that he is a traditional WWE big man. Especially the other thing as well, you know, if, if Lars Sullivan is coming up, you know, there's always rumors about how, you know, Vince McMahon treats his wrestlers as toys. And we don't know how true this is, but, you know, it's good information to have for context. And there's every chance maybe he sees Lars Sullivan... I haven't, I've only ever seen Lars Sullivan in NXT, but I've heard good things from most people that have that say he actually moves very well for a big man. So maybe he gets the Braun Strowman treatment and then Braun Strowman kind of just hangs around where he is now. I don't know. I really don't know. I was really surprised that he was coming to Raw because he feels he's not as big as as Braun. And I no. don't think he's as he's not as tall as Drew. And he does move very well for a big man. But he is not ready for the main roster yet. He's he's very good, but he's had very limited time in NXT in a big spot. The biggest match he had was either the NXT ladder match or the one-on-one -on -one match with Aleister Black. And in both matches, there were things that just didn't come across right. And he's cut all but like one. He's had a microphone live in a ring once in my recent memory. I, I just feel like... He absolutely could be the next Braun. You can always have a big guy destroying people. But I feel like 
he's going to be like a he's going to be closer to a big show than he's going to be to a Braun Strowman when he was hot and Vince a lot of times does treat his wrestlers like toys and he is a he is a big man but the really big man the the big shows the Canes the Undertakers kind of the Braun Strowmans those guys aren't the champions those guys are the ones that come in and destroy the champion and the champion overcomes they very rarely put the title on the biggest guy he's always just a monster so i feel like that's gonna work against him a little bit and i feel like vince just happened to turn on nxt for the first time in three months and he said who's that big guy and is gonna bring him to ross i thought it was weird that he's bringing him to the same show as braun Strowman. that could be a cool visual um but I, I don't I don't know that he's going to have an impact on the main roster. And it's a shame because I feel like if he had had more time in NXT in a bigger spot, he could have gotten ready for that. But I feel like Vince is just going to use him as a big man. And we're going to have the same thing we had with Braun or Big Show or anything else with a big man. I mean, my worry is people like Apollo Crews, um, you know, Sanity. We don't need to go through all of them. We know who they are. Yeah, and exactly. if, and we've, we've seen if you don't have a plan... You are yeah. setting yourself up for, uh, you know, for, for potentially just taking people that may have had incredible talent and, and wasting them. I mean, Apollo Crews, he, he did get a little push recently. You know, he's meant to be the human highlight reel, or whatever he's going to call him. He had two matches right. and he was off TV again. So I hope it's not like that for, for Lars Sullivan. I hope they do have some kind of plan. Uh, you're yeah. right. I mean, again, the rumors were that these weren't even meant to wear until TLC. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, somebody correct. and then somebody saw him and went, oh, well, no, put him on TV, and, and that's what they did with Bobby Lashley. We all know the Bobby Lashley story. Yeah, so, that's it, not good. No, it'll be interesting, but you know, there's, there's, there's no going back now, as they say. It, it's going no. to happen, and I don't know. It, to me, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think he could stay in, in NXT for a little bit longer. I don't think we need to bring him up. I don't think. There's just no need to, to shuffle the deck at the moment. I mean, there's plenty of guys already on Raw and SmackDown that don't that don't get a chance. So bringing more people up and muddying those waters more. But hey, that's WWE for you. Like you don't, you never know what's going. Maybe it's the best thing they ever do. He could come up and absolutely smash it, and then we're never we're never talking about it again. Certainly. Uh, what do you think about all the all elite wrestling uh, news that's come up? I mean, if you do read the Wrestling Observer, David also had a few more tidbits. But essentially, it sounds like the Cody Bu- the, the Cody the Cody Bucks the, Co- the young <laughs> the young Bucks and Cody Rhodes have been talking to Tony Khan, I believe his name is. Big wrestling fan uh, has been subscribing to the Wrestling Observer for years. Obviously, is is from a very well off family and looks like he wants to make the investment in pro wrestling. As everybody's very rightfully saying, without television, it means nothing. But I, I, I'm quite excited about it. The, the thing that really got I me, mean, I like it anyway, because I like stu- stories like that. I think if you're a fan and you're knee-deep in this stuff, especially with guys like Cody and the Young Bucks, that I think have, a, have goodwill with the fans. You know, it, it was the story of how when WCW were pretty much dead in 1993 and Vince McMahon stopped worrying about them, and then five years later they were whooping his ass. It's like, yep. that goes... I mean, I know we're living in different times, and I know WWE's far bigger than they ever were. But when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, okay, well, you, you never know. And really, TV, of course, is essential. But the other essential thing is money. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> yeah. that's the other one. And uh, Tony Khan's dad, who you have to forgive me, I can't remember. I probably got his name wrong. But whoever his dad is, I know that he tried to buy Wembley Stadium recently. It was a big story over here in the UK. But I believe 
he is something like the 31st most richest man in the world or something crazy. Like, look it up. You'll be like, oh, my gosh, that's a lot of money. And don't forget, WCW lasted much longer than it should have done or at least got through some turbulent times because Ted Turner backed wrestling and because Ted Turner had deep pockets. I mean, we've heard that story from WWE constantly, and there is some truth to it. Like, there really, sure. really is. So, you know, yes, they need TV. That's even in 2018. That is still the best way to get exposure because, uh, you know, subscription and services haven't taken off just yet. I still believe they are the future. But there is enough here, I think, to make you start going, OK, OK. I don't it's not completely out of the realms of a possibility. No, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, it's it, as you said, that the whole thing is kind of. TV, it's not only that you need TV in order to be successful full stop, but you need to be on a good network too. You can't just be on the, if you're on the L Ray network, you're not going to be in a position to get as many fans as you are if you're on yeah. USA. And, but I mean, they just put on the, the all in show and that was a success. They were able to do that from scratch and that was without the same kind of financial backing. And I don't think we're ever going to be in a situation again like we were with wcw when they were at their hottest and stealing people from wwe uh fans um but i feel like anytime there's another promotion a new japan an impact wrestling uh an nwa that is also producing wrestling content and again it's different i feel like that's always good because I feel like competent when there's other places to go is the only time WWE really does anything drastic. And frankly, if you don't like what's going on in WWE week to week, it gives you a completely different avenue that you can go in. And we saw from the All In show the the Cody Bucks, which is that's what we're calling them now, is completely you know entrenched <laughs> in this. And yeah, the Cody Bucks, man. Uh, and they have a lot of friends in this business, and if they have a promotion that has people coming through like a territory rather than a set roster, you're going to have a lot of fucking talent on that show, and that's going to be the most important thing. If you have Kenny Omega on the show, people are going to watch Kenny Omega. People are going to want to. If you have the Young Bucks and Cody, people are going to want to watch them. So I feel like it's always good when there's other avenues, and I feel like it it definitely makes me feel better that they have a super rich person backing them and they're not just trying to do it out of their own pockets so that they can just have that financial backing. So I feel like that's going to be of an interesting move. I, I definitely hope it, it works. And, you know, it's it's never a bad thing to have other options. And I feel like at worst, that's what we're going to be getting here. Yeah, and that, that's what excites me. Like, I even like what MLW is doing. I try and keep an eye mm-hmm. on them. I, I think they're a really cool little promotion. I shouldn't yeah. say little. That sounds that sounds insulting. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. But I just mean like that they're never gonna they're never gonna make a huge dent in what WWE is doing worldwide. But I think they have turned a few heads just from yeah. So I'm intrigued by them, and I think yeah, if you can get something like that, and you get like we said, you got money, and you do find the right TV, you're 100 percent right with that. You can't just go on well, pop TV, for example. Yeah. You know, impacts current, and this is the other thing as well. This is where you can look at it the other side of the coin. Impact's looking for new TV. Who knows what they're going to get? Um, you know, it's not it's not easy. Jeff Jarrett tried to get TV for years. So while you could argue that from a sort of power point of view, the Khans obviously money is power. It's just true. So from that point yeah. of view, they have more. But even someone like Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan has 
reputation and you know he has a certain cool factor to him because he's in a band you know i you know i think the nwa is doing all right but again it's not like it's it's not making waves is it we're not sat here all going oh the nwa is incredible they put on good matches i thought the cody rose nick alder stuff was fantastic but yeah. yeah to 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 really make a mark it takes a lot and it takes some good fortune too but i think if anybody is going to do it it may very well just be uh it just be these guys but it does excite me i i do get excited about it when when i heard about all that stuff it was the first thing in a while i was like okay Maybe we're going to start having a bit of fun here. I've got no problems with that whatsoever. No, none at all. And if anybody were going to be able to do it, it would be Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and, and you know, um, all those people and, and that group of people all coming together. So if anybody's going to be able to do it, it would be this promotion with these guys. Yeah, and, and, and the timing's right as well. Timing is everything, and I, oh, think, yeah. I think the timing's right too. Uh, something else I did want to touch upon, because again, this came out uh, in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter. Uh, a lot of the discussion when SmackDown got announced to be going to Fox was that maybe they'll push both rosters back together, which yeah, there's a perfect logic to that, and you get more stars on SmackDown, and you want to get the best numbers. But apparently Fox are going the other way, and saying they don't want to cross-promote talent with NBC Universal, which is the USA Network, which means for a damn long time we are getting the brand split. Now, I used to be quite against the brand split when it first came back. I was a bit like, ah, I don't know if I like it anymore. I think we tried it once and it failed. But wrestling, as we've mentioned throughout this episode, has changed massively. And now I actually think the brand split is far better for how many wrestlers WWE has. Like, they can't... I just don't think there'd be a place for anybody if they pushed those back together. So I'm starting to think, I mean, other than the fact it's on Fridays, I don't know how the hell they're going to do on Fridays. I mean, <laughs> it's just a strange day to put it on, yeah. all in all. But I, I'm actually thinking I'm all right with it. I actually think that, you know, keeping these two shows as separate, which actually probably helps them being on different networks, I, I think this could be something here. I'm kind of intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued. And I, when I heard that the, you know, the brand split might be ending, I, I didn't, I didn't want it to, I, I want them to stay separate because before the brand split SmackDown was a raw review show with a couple matches that didn't mean anything. There was no reason to watch it. If you missed raw you could just go watch raw or you could watch smackdown to see the highlight packages or you could just go to the damn youtube page because you're going to get the same experience when it was all one roster you had one champion and while that helps with your main title not having two of them now if smackdown is going to be going to fox that now makes smackdown much more important which in turn makes the wwe championship more important which has consistently had the better matches and better storylines going into it then you're going to have a situation where you still have this brand split where you have two completely different talent rosters and it's going to stay that way. And more importantly, if one is on Fox and one is on NBC Universal, that means the shows are going to have to be different because if Fox doesn't want the same guys, Fox also isn't going to want the shows to look the same. So that whole spiel they gave about the shows looking different when the brand split first happened, this is the legitimate chance it's going to have to actually be different because now you're going to have to because you now have a network, a very powerful network to answer to. So I absolutely want the brand split to stay split i want when there's a, a call up from nxt i want to at the raw and smackdown after wrestlemania i want to see who's going to be on each roster and i want there to be completely different storyline opportunities and spots for people if you put everybody back together and you only have one you know two hour show that's not going to be 
you're going to have two main people and then everybody else is going to kind of trickle down. Now, if you keep the brand split, you have two essentially completely different products and they're going to have to come up with new stories because they're forced to. And again, that's the only time WWE does stuff is when it's kind of forced to. I definitely want the brand split to stay because we wouldn't have Daniel Bryan wouldn't be anywhere near the championship right now if if there were no brand split. We would have had this Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns thing and Brock Lesnar winning it back. That would have been your main title for both of your shows and that just would have made it worse. And now, hopefully the WWE title is going to be more important on top of it. So I feel like if it's the brand split stays that's how you want it. You want the two different rosters. Yeah, I, you, I think you did, the best thing you said there as well was uh, them looking different. Because we've all said that. We all miss it. I think that's why Evolution was so good. Because it looked different. I was like, great. Yes. It's, it's so, uh-huh. e- so easy for me to enjoy straight away. And I always found it weird because I just like a house show. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what mm-hmm. it looks like. It's something on my television with different lighting and different production values. So straight away, I don't feel like I'm watching the same old WWE pay-per-view. Exactly. So yeah, if they can do that with SmackDown. And I mean, I know that's gonna, there's going to be a cost to them. But let's not pretend they can't afford it. uh, And also, I think you have to do it. I think you've almost got to hit reset on SmackDown. You know, your core audience is going to find you regardless what you do. I mean, they just are. They're just going to do whatever whatever you want them to do. So if if we can actually get a Raw and SmackDown that feels it, I'll be so excited. I mean, I I love my job and I love watching it. But sometimes you're like, this could be the same flipping show. So if we we could actually, (laughs) if we could make sure that wasn't the case, I, for one, would be ecstatic. It genuinely would excite me. I I think it would feel fresh. And I also think... You'll know if they're doing something right. I don't know how true this is, but it certainly seems to stack up when you start getting a buzz online. That always seems to be where it starts now. Like it used to be, if you start getting a buzz between your peers and your co-workers, then that would translate to the public. We don't really live in that world anymore. So I think if social media starts to pick up and Raw starts to do better and SmackDown starts to feel separate, maybe these TV deals will be the best thing that happened to WWE in years. Like, and, I'm, and I'm all right with it. Even if it gives them the power and the money to go out there and you know take away people that... You know, wrestlers we don't necessarily want to see in WWE. I'm all right with it as long as the show is good, the product is good, and there's storylines that keep making me want to tune back in. And I truly do believe that kind of creativity is going to come from shaking things up. And the best way to do that is go, wow, SmackDown's brand new, guys. We're on Fox. We've got to get 3 million viewers. What are we going to do? Exactly. That's the only... That's the best way. That's also the only way. The only time the WWE is done... Full tilt changes is when either there's been competition in WCW or the early 90s when the business was down or, you know, when they are about to come up for renewal on a contract. And so they have to be good and they have to get ratings. That's the only time that they do things differently and they actually shake things up. If you are now on Fox, you're not going to be able to just tell them what you want to do like, you know, like uh, another TV network like USA like this is Fox. They they paid you a lot of money and they're going to have an expectation going into it. And if the leash is tightened a little bit on them in terms of you have to make this different, that's the only way that's going to happen. So I'm absolutely for it because this is the only chance we're going to get for it to actually be any different. Yep. I'm totally with you. And, I, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting because I did do some reading and some digging because I got intrigued. You know, SmackDown averages oh, probably about 2.3 million and they really need about an extra million people. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. and, and I, think, I, I think I'm right in saying, you all know this better than I, that Fox aren't shy about shifting programs awry, right? If it doesn't do well, they'll knock that thing to FS1. Absolutely they will. If it's not producing, 
and they're not seeing the product that they want to see, they will absolutely just shift you around. And if the WWE doesn't want that to happen, which obviously they don't, they're going to have to make changes and they're going to have to actually care about people watching their show and reflect that in the programming they make. So I feel like it can only be good for them. Yep. No, I agree, man. I genuinely... I'm intrigued. I think it's going to be fun when it happens. You know, it may yeah. be an awful decision in hindsight, maybe one of the best ever. Uh, we just don't know. Now, so we haven't had you on for a while, Zach, so I think it's only fair that we talk about this. The hottest thing in pro wrestling right now, Becky Lynch, you know. Yeah. If, if anybody saw, she's become the social media hero now. Yesterday, <laughs> she was updating, obviously on Thanksgiving, she was updating her Twitter profile to say she's thankful for Squared Circle, who's going to you yeah. know, print all her tweets all day long, which I thought was excellent. Yeah. Um. I mean, she to me, I did a What Culture video about this. It'll probably go up in the next few days. I think she's become so good that she's backed Ronda Rousey into a corner. And Ronda Rousey doesn't necessarily feel too comfortable in that corner. And the way that she's responded has actually turned Ronda Rousey into a heel. And that's yeah. not because everyone wants to cheer Becky Lynch. It's because I think Ronda, again, I don't think Ronda coped well very well. And she started to come, that whole millennial man stuff was some of the worst shit oh, I've seen dude, in ages. So and I, I want to point out, I love Ronda Rousey. I loved her from the moment she walked in because anytime a, she's a proper celebrity whether you want to admit that or not anytime a proper celebrity goes i want to be arrested i'm like yeah man do it absolutely yeah. cool but yeah millennial man and eviscerating and you know take, <laughs> well, even you know even taking the idea of the man and saying yeah. that it equates to gender when it doesn't it's like man ronda you have you have misfired here i think she'll be <laughs> i think she'll be fine and again she wins anyway because she's absolutely brilliant at pro wrestling even though she's only been doing it two months or whatever it is but more right. than that but yeah i i it, it, it has made me laugh this week, and I'm intrigued to see what we do. Obviously, they put Charlotte in a very similar position to Becky. But look, it's the greatest thing on WTV at the moment. It just is. And the reason I like it the most is it's not lip service. It's not marketing. The women right now are having a revolution because they're the best thing on the show. And that's wonderful. We should have had that a long time ago. We really should have. And there hasn't been a combination of a good story and an out-of-this-world talent that have connected at the same time to make it that way for yep. the women's roster up to this point. And when SmackDown Live first started, the SmackDown one of the SmackDown Live champions on the women's side was Becky Lynch, and she was super popular. And then she had her whole story of kind of she turned into an underdog, and she had her her important losses. And you know, as soon as she you know turned heel, everybody was really excited, and it took her a little bit to kind of get fully into that kind of stone cold Becky Lynch thing that she's doing. But it also took the company a while to stop trying to make her a heel and just make her a badass That's mad at somebody in particular. And she's the best, she's the best promo on the show when Samoa Joe's not there and constant stuff on Twitter, making fun of Seth Rollins and making fun of Ronda Rousey and her promos are untouchable. And then she's also really good in the ring. You don't have that combination in a lot of even the men on the roster right now. And when they invaded raw and Nia Jax was an asshole and broke her face, just the shot of her with the, the blood on her face and she got the loudest reaction of anybody on the show. It's really freaking cool to see. I always liked Becky Lynch a lot, but I thought that her story was kind of stale because they weren't doing anything with her. And like most times in the WWE, they don't do anything with her until the fans made it something undeniable for them. And now they can go forward with her and they can do things they haven't been able to do ever in, in the women's division. And that's exciting that they have this otherworldly performer 
and you have a Ronda Rousey to put against her, and you know if she can be you know more concise and like do a promo that will make sense, you know, kind of thing, and not whatever it was that she did, then you can have a really good program with them that I would absolutely want to see as the main event of WrestleMania. And you can build it up like that, and then I know they're going to have a kick-ass match. It's super exciting to have the most popular person in the WWE be Becky Lynch. That was unheard of three months ago, and now here we are. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I did, I wanted to mention this earlier in the week, but I didn't. I actually, again, I, I, I kind of have this weird thing while I watch the show, and then two days later I go, wait a minute. It's usually, <laughs> it's, it's usually that Rusev wasn't on it, and I get mad. But, <laughs> but like, I did think that given the beatdown Charlotte gave Ronda Rousey, and I actually thought they, they, they followed up quite well on SmackDown. Some people seem annoyed with it. I actually liked it. But I will admit that on Raw, the fact that Ronda Rousey just walked down to that ring and had a match when her neck was crushed in a chair, admittedly was not the smart... I, I guess she's supposed to be big and tough, but why... And I get I'm being a bit pulling at straws. I get it's resting. But why even book that angle if she's not going to sell her neck at all? That was a little bit strange. I don't understand what they were going for there. Now, I thought about it. I was like, well, that was a waste of my time. There <laughs> wasn't it. I don't get that at all. <laughs> it really, it was a waste of time. And I don't think, I don't think this is grasping at anything here. I, I think that if you are going to end a, a match with Charlotte turning heel, breaking two kendo sticks on Ronda, and then putting her, uh, putting a chair around her neck and stomping on it, then it, you can absolutely do that. It got a great reaction at the time, a weird reaction from the Survivor Series crowd, but a good reaction at the time, then it makes no sense for you to have Ronda come out literally the next night and be fine. If if she were there and like unable to talk and was limping and was hurt but still wanted to have a match, that would be one thing, but you literally had her come out like nothing happened. And all that does is it just kind of makes everything that happened the night before seem completely unimportant. And it's not like you had her attack Becky Lynch. You had her just have a random match with somebody, and she seemed fine. So I don't understand why we did what we did at Survivor Series if you weren't going to follow it up at all on Raw because now there's no consequences, and it it just it it is fake, but. Do your best to not make it look completely fake if you can avoid it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I tell you, it was, it was very, very strange. Uh, but hey, that's I guess that's WWE in 2018. Sometimes the only True. person that really sold their injuries after Survivor Series was Shane McMahon. He was the only person, and then he didn't sell the fact that SmackDown had lost six nil, six one, whatever you want to call it. So, well, Simon, he's the best in the world. Though, you, what do you yeah. expect, dude? <laughs> I still love it. Best in yeah. the flipping world. Ah, oh, that makes me happy because it's just so dumb. Uh, a few people after Wednesday as well said that I didn't talk about the dude that threw a cinder block at somebody's head, and I'm still not going to. I don't want to talk about it. I think nope. a- anything that's been said about that is already out there. You don't yep. do that in well, not even in wrestling. Some people said you don't do that in wrestling. No, you don't no, do you that. Don't do full, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's nothing to do yeah. with wrestling. You don't, <laughs> you don't do that full stop. It's absolutely atrocious. No, yeah. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Um, and I will end by saying that the other rumor in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, or actually maybe it was on the Wrestling Observer forums, was that apparently the Drake Maverick um, pissing mechanism didn't work, uh-huh. so he had to piss his own pants for real. So anyone okay. that tried to defend that, there's some more information. Honestly, uh, worst no. thing I've seen in wrestling this year. Genuinely, worst oh, thing I've seen in wrestling man. this year. What, what was the po- Why? Why? I, 
I don't I know. I guess then. Because, is my question. Because it's going to go on for months. That's why it's going oh, to go on shit, for months. Shit, you're right. It is. I know. I know. I, I know. Uh, I just I, you had a cool match with the bar and AOP, and I still don't know why Big Show's there. He doesn't add anything. <laughs> no, to no, anything. no reason. No reason for him to be there. He's no point. He's gonna just he's gonna turn on him at some point. That's what he does. He's not adding anything to anything. And then on top of it, you have this stupid thing. You have him piss his pants, and then you have everybody laughing at him next week when you're doing the "Be a Star, Don't Be a Bully" campaign. Those don't match up, man. What are we What are we doing right now? I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think that's the main thing that irked me. It was like when those two things collide. I'm like, now nah, you've gone. You, you've done something wrong here. Anyway. I- it's, it's happened now. It's happened. Right. <laughs> uh, amazingly, we've got to an hour mark. I mean, that really did fly. It was utterly ridiculous. Oh, it did, yeah. uh, I do want to give a public shout out to my man, Zach, because I promised him we'd do this literally months ago. I didn't get around to it. So <laughs> I will say sorry to you, my friend. It was, un- it was, it was just the, the classic Simon Miller trying to do too much and failing miserably. Uh, at least one of those things. So I do apologize. But man, it was genuinely was great to have you back on. Like our chats are good. There's no two ways about it. Absolutely. No problem at all, sir. I'm glad I'm glad we got to do it. And thanks for having me back, man. You're welcome. Anything you want to pimp out, as always, don't have to, but I always like to give people the opportunity. Uh, uh, just uh, Instagram, the underscore pride underscore 904. Uh, YouTube is uh, the 904. You can check me out on either of those, and that's all I got. There you go. There you go, Zach. As always, thanks very much, man. It's always a pleasure chatting to you about wrestling. You've got great insight onto it. Again, if you want to come on, you certainly can. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. All the information's out there, and even you can throw a dollar my, de- my way. It does make all of this. That's what I do. All this money supports this, my videos, my other podcasts I do. They're all out there for you to see. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. Uh, again, if you're Amer- in America or just celebrate Thanksgiving anyway, I hope you had a great one. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah.